Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Hello and welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Um, Steph and Jade here. Hi, Jade. Hi, Steph. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Amazing. I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, we've um, uh, had a little uh, rest um, <laughs> from completing podcasts, but it, it's funny, isn't it? Trying to trying to coordinate two busy people's schedules to, even though we can do it on this amazing app. Yes. Um, yeah it's still quite a challenge isn't it that is the, a the challenge we love doing it and it, I know. Um, it's just the scheduling and and coordination that sometimes just uh, both of our jobs um you know things just have to sometimes drop off the list however because fine. We uh, actually if you could just record us talking on the phone on a daily basis sometimes <laughs> halfway through a conversation I think damn this should be a podcast it's so annoying because we just naturally talk about things but we're not recording it no. so anyway anyway so um so much has happened since the last podcast um yes. I can't even begin to remember all of the things however there has been some amazing things happen and uh, one of the ones that I wanted to talk about this week was um the present uh, presentation at the AOC quality conference yes I'm so proud of you for doing this <laughs> just uh, I absolutely loved that you were asked to do it and I knew you'd absolutely smash it and I was gutted I couldn't be there on the mm-hmm. day because I'd already had some stuff um booked on so I'm really excited because I really want to hear what you actually because all I've se- seen is the tweets about it or yeah stuff on LinkedIn and I don't actually all I know is like the subject that you're talking around and you haven't actually told me kind of like the content and detail and stuff so very very interested and really want to hear about it so you you take it away and okay me, tell no, me what happened yeah no that's cool because we haven't actually fully um it's been so hectic that we haven't fully um talked about what I was presenting although it's all based on a lot of the stuff we've talked about over the last year um yeah however yeah I wanted to um uh, you know start this little pattern where we go to events and then we talk about them afterwards because I think you know we both agree that if we can maximize the messages that are getting out there into the sector um, from events because everybody can't always make every event then hopefully the podcast will help with some of the dissemination of the key events and the key messages that are going on across the country Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later um, because we've got news on that haven't we but um, yeah I think it's it's an important well you and me we both get frustrated because we we are sometimes really really busy within our own centers as everyone is Mm -hmm. and you see these really exciting really cool agendas that might Mm -hmm. either be a bit too far travel wise to get there and back in a day or Mm -hmm. um yeah just happen to clash with something really important that's going on in the center and you can't get out and about and I know that we're actually quite privileged in our roles that we can manage our own diaries but often people who are timetabled it's even harder to kind of get out and um and attend so yeah yeah. 
Yeah, no, um, I'm really excited to talk about um, the AOC Quality Conference because I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved presenting. It was kind of the first um, big conference that I'd, you know, spoke at and uh, been on the on the programme. So I was I was unsurprisingly not as nervous as I thought. <laughs> uh, no, I was surprisingly not as nervous as I thought I would have been. <laughs> Yeah, there was too many uns and surprising. Unsurprising. No, I'm not even going to go there. It's fine. (laughs) Um, But basically, I wasn't that nervous. um, And I really sort of really look forward to the day. And I was presenting with uh, Rebecca Blackburn, who is head of quality improvement at um, the Rotherham College Group. And um we were asked to present together and kind of were randomly paired by the AOCs. The AOC sort of puts in touch with each other. Mm. Um and we were asked to present on evidence-based approaches or evidence-based practice, which um is something that I have been championed for the last few years actually um and just trying to look at how i use evidence-based or evidence-informed and practices in my role um being a science um nerd and all that i really love looking at things that have a bit of research and a bit of backing to them Mm. or have a bit of something that's been tried and tested behind it um and so it was really exciting to be asked to present um and i can i've i combined it with um my ethos or my my main goal in my role which is all about i've termed it um culture of excellence and we've talked a little bit about that before on the podcast but um so it was it was titled evidence-based approaches to fostering a culture of excellence and uh, Rebecca and I um took it in turns to describe what we've been doing at our own colleges but kind of all under the same umbrellas so um we talked a little bit initially about the culture of excellence and what that meant to everybody in the room and we asked them to jot down um, some ideas of what that meant to them you know before we even launched into it and then we um or I outlined what that meant to us so um culture of excellence in sort of six um key um areas I suppose I would describe as um high expectations so and, and when I say high, I mean really high expectations um, of of myself and my staff and therefore my students. Um, a reflective culture, so really reflective, really, uh, you know, always evaluating, always looking at what we're doing and trying to evaluate um, uh, the effectiveness of what we're doing. Um, expansive learning culture, which relates to reflective um approach so you know this this concept that we are ever learning um there is no end to learning and probably for for the rest of the days that I have I will always seek to look learn and look for something new on every day Mm -hmm. um and I try to foster that through everything that I do um about I talked a little bit about creating a positive and a meaningful um environment and um, also about creating an environment where you encourage creativity and a solution-focused approach mm-hmm. um, so that everyone is thinking about if, if something needs to be changed or something needs to be different and what, how else could that be or what else could we do rather than 
you know just focusing on what isn't working and, and being negative and and to sort of pull all that together I talked about how all of those things would be about a, a nurturing environment um, a very supportive environment where staff and students are supported to be the best that they can be um, mm-hmm. and and the opposite of that for me is when um, cultures lead by fear or focus a lot on um, compliance mm-hmm. um, and it's not that compliance is is a negative thing because you know there's got to be an element of making sure people do what they need to do um but you know I talked about focusing wholly on the positive creating positive cultures Mm. and and I I went on to explain that a little bit later on so yeah that's the kind of um you know in terms of the theories it's the the parent child or the adult adult Mm. so in terms of like compliance but there's got to be some trust in in professionalism and um yeah and and that relationship between management and staff and like the whole college should be an adult adult situation but yeah a hundred percent and um and that relates to the the third sort of part of the of the presentation but um we split it into three sections so we talked about learning in the classroom and how we were using evidence-based practice to foster learning in the classroom and we talked to them the second section was about professional development and how we were trying to support teachers to develop using evidence-based approaches and then the third section was about leadership and culture Mm. and, and how um a different set of research um has inspired me to think about culture and leadership in a slightly different way so um we went on to gather some information from the group about what's hot and what's not so what i asked everyone to jot down and talk to each other about what's working and what's not working in their colleges which i've pulled together um i've nearly managed to pull them all together and type them up in a table mm-hmm. um which i'm going to share with everyone um and we'll probably come back to it and talk about it at some point. But, um, you know, I asked them what's hot and what's not. And what was really interesting was, you know, there are common themes that are things that are working well in colleges under those three titles of learning in the classroom, professional development and leadership and culture. And there are some things that are quite common that are not working very well. Um, just off the top of my head, um, things that are working well are things like a coaching culture. Um, mm-hmm. People were really positive about coaching cultures and um, supportive cultures and where um, people have managed to get staff to buy into this continuous professional development concept um, and are starting to create reflective cultures. Um, some of the things that were cropping up as not working very well are things like the use of CPD or the use of observation processes, which are very one directional. So mm-hmm. um, either staff get told what they have to attend for professional development or their observations is are, you know, perceived as being done to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because ultimately they play, they may be just one or two processes that are happening in a college, but I think they have significant impact on the culture. Yeah. 
Um, so first we talked about learning in the classroom and um, I talked about six things that I've been promoting through professional development throughout the year or for the last six months. So one is the evidence-based teachers network. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, oh, well, part, sorry, one of the main things that I've been promoting from the evidence-based teachers network, and we've talked about a few of these before, actually, um, yeah. but the six steps to outstanding learning. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I love that. And um, staff have been really positive about um, having a structure or having a scaffold, mm-hmm. which is not it's it's not not, a recipe (laughs) no it's not a recipe and it's not a um it's not subject specific it's very it's a nice really open scaffold um and and once staff understand how each section or each step supports learning they really they really get it and they really see the benefit of those things so um we talked about that i talked about rose and shine's principles of learning and how staff and that's helping staff to understand and facilitate you know um what they feel is more effective learning in the classroom i talked a little bit about the education endowment foundation which provides the you know there's a teaching learning toolkit um which has lots of bits of um research into lots of different teaching learning approaches um that's that any teaching member staff can have a look at and and see what they want to develop and what the research suggests um there's a book called making every lesson count um we i think we have mentioned this before yeah it's by andy tharby and sean allison and it's um again it's six key elements of of things that you can embed into lessons to support learning and I gave a couple of examples that that staff have really liked so um one of them one of them is challenge and Mm -hmm. um I just like to talk to staff about how so they're in the book they um suggest that um when you set the bar when you set the expectations you set it slightly higher than where you initially think it needs to be or you set it higher than you really need to so um i always use the example that you know why set the bar um where the curriculum tells you to set the bar so Mm -hmm. you know let's not teach to a merit let's not teach to a distinction criteria let's not teach to the specification let's not teach to the assignment to the exam to the assessment let's set the bar higher than that which Mm -hmm. is about how does this subject how does this topic fit into the wider world in which we live how does this topic fit into industry how does this topic you know what's what's going on in the news what's going on in industry press relating to the topic um and let's just eliminate from our vocabulary this is on the assignment (laughs) well a a byproduct of of giving that deeper understanding and and kind of like exploring all those topics you just said would be that you have then also given them the skills knowledge behaviors to (laughs) be able to apply themselves to their um assignments anyway wouldn't you yes without yeah like without targeting it yeah yeah so I kind of talked about that a little bit and um talked about this sort of wider the setting the bar high and this wider 
curriculum, if you like, that's connected to wider world. And then I talked about the learning scientists and how those um, six, there's something about six. There's six yeah, I know. Six, <laughs> six. There'll be a study in that somewhere where six will be yeah. a manageable amount yeah. that you can <laughs> actually deal with. Um, so there's six um, learning strategies and um, linked to how the brain works. And what's really nice about the learning scientists is that um, the resources are student facing as well. So we can we can show our students where these resources are and, and get them to use them themselves. Um, and then Rebecca talked about how, um, and obviously I can't um, speak in detail for the things that she's been doing, but she talked about um, target setting. One of the things that um, Rebecca's been doing at, at her college is, her college group is about target setting and she um had done the um research and and talked about a little bit about some key research papers that informed her approach to developing target setting um which was really nice um she gave um some examples of those and some of the resources they've produced which again are student facing about which are extension tasks or um uh posters about improving your thinking skills based on bloom's taxonomy yes and, and how they've promoted this target setting and this stretch and challenge um ethos in in what they're doing which really really nice um examples and then um they'd also um produced a skills development matrix which mm-hmm. is um all they worked in conjunction with employers and um created some stretch and challenge around skills they would apply in industry so some really nice work that they've been doing based on on research and evidence Mm. um so we talked a little bit about where we were going to go next and what where we thought we needed to develop you know what we've been doing and how we needed to take it forwards um then we talked about professional development so um again we talked about this previously so i won't talk too much about it but um i talked about the implementation of the teaching and learning modules um, that i've been doing this year which is that uh, the concept that on development day one you do some theory and then the tutors just have to go away and trial it and then um, what was really nice was i was able to feedback at the conference about the february development day which was development day two where staff who'd attended development day one they'd been asked to go away and try some stuff and then we held a whole host of teach meets on development day two so that anybody who attended the different module theory in in development day one had to present just for two minutes what they tried and how the students had responded and how they felt it had been received and how they felt it had supported learning and that was actually really really nice yeah it was yeah it was really nice and um, staff came and were really interested in what other people had been doing and actually it was really nice um you know it's that whole thing about teach meets it's not just all coming from me it's coming from the people who've gone away and tried things and and, and not necessarily always worked perfectly um because i encourage them to talk about things that hadn't worked as well yeah i was gonna say sometimes though those types of things you know what I'm like about yeah. <laughs> people present or talk about what they do and I always think really did it really work that amazing or yeah. you know like it's a little it's slightly cynical of me but as in like I just want to know like the the truth you know like what yeah. what works because with everything you can take a positive whether it's just that you learned from it yeah you know, and what not to or what didn't work yeah. but 
yeah I love people that are just really open about right this worked this definitely didn't this is yeah. what I learned yeah, and yeah. I, I definitely tried to encourage that and we we didn't have a we didn't have a lot of things that didn't work but some people did share them and that was nice yeah some really amazing work actually um going on and a little shout out to our six fob team who are doing um some they've set up a revision um site which is for students mm. and um it's a microsoft team and it's awesome in <laughs> the vein of creating a collaborative approach to revision yeah um, and they've they've had a revision day and all the students were helping each other to Aww. revise better and sharing where they've got the little colored revision cards from and and then this revision team you know in microsoft Mm -hmm. is designed for basically them to all revise and then help each other Um, and and that links into something that i'm going to mention in a little while but yeah it was really great um people sharing things from across the whole college well when i came to your college i was i was really really impressed actually with your um kind of like e-learning manager that i met and when he showed me some of the capabilities so i'm really familiar with teams but i wasn't Mm. I wasn't aware of some of the mm. like the collaborative elements of mm-hmm. it. That, yeah, I was really impressed actually. So. Yeah, Rob's been doing a lot of um, really um, nice work with um, with investigating how it can work and how it can mm. become like a really useful digital learning platform. Very uh, very creative. Yeah, <laughs> Microsoft have been really supportive, so it's something that we're looking at, you know, going forwards. But for me, uh, and again, like I said, I'm I'm going to mention it in a little while, but um collaboration is key mm-hmm. um so yeah and then Rebecca talked about impact levels which was really nice um so what they've been doing is for, all, for everything they put on on the program on the CPD program they yeah. give it a, a level so they say whether it's level one two or three mm. and it's an impact level right okay so, um, impact level one is say um just a one-off session that um is a refresher or is just something that you're going to attend and it's a one-off and Mm -hmm. actually um it will have you learn something but might not have a huge impact because the responsibility is that you go away and and put it into practice yeah then they have two and three and essentially two is where you might attend like three or four sessions over time and Mm -hmm. impact three is where you um, attend like five or six sessions over time yeah similar to like what I've been trying to do with the teaching learning modules um but it's a bigger investment and it's a bigger amount of time and then you're you're applying things in between the sessions and um so that's really nice because it's Mm. given staff an indication of of um the level of commitment and the expected impact level of of professional development which I actually thought was um, a really good idea and then we both sort of talked about coaching but Rebecca talked about it um, some training that they've done and using two approaches one which is about instant payoff and the other one which was about a solution focused approach so basically how you can use coaching to get quick wins yeah and get staff to help themselves but without that pure coaching where um sometimes it takes a long time Mm. to reflect and figure things out um it's like a couple of little strategies that are really sort of effective and uh get people to get to their own answers and their own 
um real like accelerated coaching yeah almost <laughs> yeah like um it, it it was it was really important isn't it in education where we've we we all struggle with time um mm-hmm. but essentially um they'd looked at how to maximize the impact um so we then talked just before we went into leadership and culture we talked about the charter college of teaching and we talked about um how i'd recently discovered um well fairly recently discovered their reflective tools um which there's one for practitioners and there's one for whole college or whole school um evaluation Mm -hmm. and they're just tools where you can yeah i've seen these yeah reflect on how well you are currently or where you're currently at in terms of evidence-based approach evidence-based processes evidence-based strategies evidence-based everything you know you can reflect against all the different statements and all the different strands Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that is an amazing tool just to start thinking about evidence-based practice Um, so we talked a little bit about that and then we went into this bit, which I was really super excited to present on. And actually, a lot of this comes from my own personal interests on positive psychology. <laughs> <laughs> so, as people probably know, um, between the pair of us, we're really um, sort of keen to spread happiness and talk about happiness and I know people bark a little bit still but I am um so um invested in in a positive mindset positive approach so I talked a little bit about you know a couple of really big statements that come from research and people will be familiar with Carol Dweck's growth mindset um but one of the really lovely um conclusions from Carol Dweck's research is that our potential is not set and as human beings I just find it fascinating that we are creatures that you know our potential is just not limited Mm -hmm. and our potential is not set we set it ourselves and I just love this concept that you know in colleges we can really create this environment where our potential is undefined yeah, no, I love it. This is, uh, I've been doing some work at the moment where I've been going into, um, well, me and a quality, my quality coordinator, yeah. Alex, we've been going into like learner groups to do it. It's kind of like a pep talk, like a prep for um, yeah. their synoptic assessment at the end. Yeah. And literally, I mean, they must think I'm crazy. <laughs> but, uh, they must think I'm crazy, but it's me just basically saying to them, you can go and smash this, but obviously giving them all the tools and things yeah. that they need behind it. So like, I'm, um, you know trying to help them maximize their performance but you know basically it's me doing like this rousing motivating yeah you can you know if you want to score full marks in this you can absolutely do it and I show them exactly how they could do it how they could get 100% you know and how near like learners have been and things and they just kind of you know, look, and I was like, you, you know, everyone in this room, you do not set, you, you know, you yeah. are distinction, distinction students. I yeah. can get you to that level, you know, kind of. And that's the, it links it. to the second sort of point that I raised in the presentation, which it, the other statement that I really, has really um, resonate with me at the minute is um, our beliefs affect our abilities. Mm-hmm. So if we believe we can't do something, it will affect the outcome. Yeah. Compared to if we believed we could do it. 
So that might be a very obvious belief, but as humans, we often hide um, beliefs as well, or they can be subconscious. So it might actually be something that we haven't recognized in ourselves, um, but our beliefs fully affect our abilities. And I, um, I, I talked about a book. Uh, there's two books that I've been reading by the same author. The author is Sean Aker. Um, mm-hmm. He's an American guy who has wrote two books. One is called The Happiness Advantage. Yes, and, I'm reading. <laughs> yes, and um, that one um, goes through lots of research um, into how to create positive cultures and how yeah. um, a b- beliefs affect our ability. We should definitely do a full book review on that. Oh, I think yeah. A, I think that's, that's a podcast. 100%. <laughs> um, but I talked about how we often, we're probably now quite familiar with the concept of using the growth mindset stuff with our students. But actually, I posed the question of like, how often do we create our cultures and our training around growth mindset for our staff yeah because if we if we are tokenistically trying to train our students to have more of a growth mindset but our staff don't have growth mindset we're not maximizing the effect of what we're supporting our students to do yeah and and this is um you know we we joke about well you've mentioned mood hoovers before (laughs) um and and you know and it sounds it sounds quite comical but actually it can be such a poisonous thing and we've we've talked I know that we've we've covered this before Mm. um and part of the group that I've been attending the PD North that's run by the ETF it's the um quality uh, network that you used to be part of when you mm-hmm. were in the northwest now yes. you're in the northwest anymore but um yeah and basically we've we've had like a little bit of an action research project going through that about re-energizing staff or how we can re-energize staff and how we can develop teacher confidence linked mm-hmm. to love of the job and like why we do what we do mm-hmm. um and we've got like a padlet going at the moment capturing quotes quotes about why people started teaching Mm -hmm. and there's some like amazing ones on there that I just want to post out you know we're going to share it with everyone that if you were just having a bad day in teaching that you could just read this board and there's some stuff in there that is like you know really emotional stuff and really Mm -hmm. like really really reconnects with you know why why people get into teaching Mm -hmm. some people well not not always why they get into teaching initially because sometimes they just kind of fall into the job for whatever reason but what what initially like sparks their love of it and then um kind of what have been the high points of their teaching because Mm. it's quite easy to focus on the struggles the time you know you know what what's your most challenging thing at the moment let's work on that but Mm -hmm. actually what what have been your high points and how did it make you feel and things like that so we've got some amazing quotes that I can't wait to share but yeah yeah just I think that it's all linked to um mindset resilience yeah. you know yeah strategies for teaching and learning it all kind of like just comes back together so. yeah and it relates to where I started when I talked about culture of excellence this ever expansive approach <laughs> if we don't turn up every day um as a tutor to learn to reflect to be the best teacher that we can be ultimately we're not going to foster the same approach in our students because you know they will model our approaches um to study or to learning or to life and sometimes we might not even recognize some of the things that we say um Mm -hmm. 
you know, because sometimes I hear people say things along the lines of, um, oh, well, they're the students who will just never get a level four. Yeah. You know, and and I sort of pitched to the the room, you know, really? Are we really going to say those types of things? Mm-hmm. Are we really going to think those types of things? And, you know, legitimately, there may be times where we think this is a near impossible task. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that someone will never achieve that. No. Well, and starting with my quality head on, yes. effective IAG in the first place. Yeah. If that, if that learner is on that course, they should have the capabilities and ability and things to, to be able to achieve that course. Otherwise, something has gone severely wrong with mm the advice that they've been given and how they've ended up on the course mm. and and um, induction periods and all that kind of thing links into that and basically yeah. if you've got someone who's managed to you know who you've been happy to keep on that course past the six week you know first kind of induction window time yeah. then that person should be achieving that course so yeah and so um we talked a little bit about um abilities and beliefs and how then um, I sort of pitched the question to the group about how does your culture, how does your processes, how do your quality policies and procedures um, incorporate this um, positive mindset and growth mindset and sort of expansive learning approach um, for both staff and students. So um, that was really nice just to sort of start to raise some of those, those things, you know, those questions and and that thinking. Yeah. Um, And then um, there's probably a whole other episode that we can do actually on some of the um, other positive psychology research that I've recently um, got very interested in. Um, But just to sort of finish today, um, one of the other books that Sean Aker has written is called Big Potential and it's all about um, collaborate, collaboration and how when you work together and you work together meaningfully and in a, in a truly collaborative way, you will access um, a greater potential compared to if you were trying to do, achieve the same thing on your own. Mm. And I just really love that sort of whole um, concept that if we work um, very much in each other's interests and, you know, because teachers can very, you know, can very commonly actively not share um, things and um, there's, you know, a sense of competition and the sense of... um, yeah so it's often well I've I've taken my precious time you know to develop these resources and it's it's a tricky lots of people getting much better at it yeah um but it's it's the whole and I haven't got through the whole book um but you know the general gist of it is that the you can reach a bigger potential when you work together in a really meaningful way and I just thought that was a really nice concept and I just really want to develop that approach through everything that I do, whether I'm writing a new strategy, whether I'm just making, you know, a small decision on something. Um, It's not about doubting my own choices. It's about being willing to listen to all different points of view and 
um, all different opinions and all everyone's, you know, everyone has a, a signature strength that they can offer mm-hmm. and to really utilize in all of those things to kind of get the best outcome in a situation. Um, and so that was um, part of what we talked about. And then we finished with um, talking about, it links back to mindset, um, but it was about creating, I pitched that we should be creating leadership uh, sort of create, creating a culture of, of and leadership that's based on happiness, gratitude, and optimism, um, and how we can have a greater impact, a greater positive effect on the world. Mm. Um, if we focus on positivity, um, because the research shows, and I, I find this quite funny, um, that there's something called a negative Tetris effect. Oh, yeah. So um, when you look for errors, uh, mistakes, and that you're critical, you will always see these things. So um, if you're always looking for errors, always looking for mistakes, and some some careers, you are trained to do that. Yeah. um, And they found that those people um, tended to be more pessimistic about their life. tended so to have, yeah tended to have a more negative view of the world and actually if you're pessimistic people are more susceptible to stress poor health and de- decreased success rates yeah and i just find that fascinating yeah well it's it, yeah there's lots around it isn't there about yeah. um kind of what you project is yeah. what you attract and... yes so he th- this is all about whatever you focus on you get more of so Mm -hmm. that's why earlier I was saying that if we can focus on positivity if we can lead and and focus on reflective behaviors and um being creative and being solution focused and and I mean in every process policy strategy um that we create through quality um if we focus on those things, we'll get more of those things. If we lead by fear and we lead with the expectation that either people will fail or people will, won't will achieve mm-hmm. what we set out to do, then basically we will get more of that. We'll get yeah. more fear. And we'll see, get more negativity. Well, a lot of um, kind of like misconceptions I've heard a few I've had a few terms like recently where we've been talking about something like this mm. um, in certain situations. And I've heard a term um, kind of about talking about pink and fluffy stuff, ah. which, um, you know, so some people, you know, who maybe haven't read research into things or where they might actually think this is, you know, not um, not like serious, not going to yeah. actually make an impact, not ever going to really make a difference. And let's stick to the hard and fast, no yeah. factual leadership and management or, you know, anything yeah. like that. And I just find it, it just very interesting. And that's why I've become fascinated in it. And, and that's why I mentioned before that it, when I when I say the words out loud um, about happiness, people actually just laugh yeah um and and just I have just made a commitment quite recently that I want to be part of the mission that makes it makes the discussion about happiness and positive psychology research as legitimate as 
you know any other research and is you know and becomes more widely accepted because I just see the research show so many benefits so you know the benefits of fostering a focus on strengths and a foster fostering a focus on positive positives rather than negatives yeah Um, the research shows that you get more productive staff and people are more creative they can problem solve better they have increased energy it's the 80 20 thing you're meant to focus 80 percent on your strengths 20 percent on on your areas to improve and then and and those areas to improve naturally then and the, and the, and also the research shows that there is improved emotional intelligence so bearing in mind all of the negativity and and the challenges we face in FE in particular mm-hmm. as a sector if we can create staff who are more productive more creative better at problem solving have increased energy and are better with emotional intelligence i think it will only benefit the sector in the yes. long term and therefore benefit the students that come through the door yeah and I think some of the the, the feedback that I've seen on your talk that you gave that you know yeah. that kind of message I think people have like were really receptive to it and, yeah. and really appreciated it because it's not really something that's talked about you know if you're talking about quality improvement and you know that there's, yeah. there's not a happiness factor <laughs> attached to it for yeah. right, rightly or wrongly so, yeah, um, so there's there's, yeah. uh, there's a few other bits and pieces and when I say a few I don't mean like little things probably big things which is why I'm thinking that'll be a whole other episode um well i know that we were gonna um do our little exciting announcement of news but again i think that well that probably has a whole section to talk about as well it does but i think we should just mention it anyway oh okay yeah well it is it is very exciting so we've been asked to um be the official (laughs) official i love the word official podcasters um for an, an amazing event that yeah. we were interested in anyway so yeah. that was the whole um how it came about yeah. um was so, yeah, just we're... because we were interested in it and attending it and being part of the working groups and I love it. it's all about working groups and actually working towards a solution so it kind of Make, follows everything yeah, that we a difference. like yeah, yeah. And, and it's the reimagining FE yeah conference in Birmingham on the 2nd of July yeah, second of July. It's on Eventbrite as well, so we'll do a little yeah. plug for it here. Yeah, um, we'll but yeah, it's it's, it's got some amazing working groups. Just the oh titles of some of these. Um, so we've got quality and FE from fear to faith, like something you know when you just have a, a title yeah. that just really grabs you. Um, some of the other ones that again align with what we've been talking about, reclaiming the joy of teaching. Yeah. Um, so there's I mean, there's there's lots going on on the day. Um, coaching and mentoring, performance management or professional learning. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's some if things... there was a conference that we were going to be asked to be the official podcasters for, this is the one that we um, would have have yeah. dreamed about because of the all the different topics that are, are going to be on the day so um officially we get to attend and listen to all the workshops and then record our thoughts interview some people and create yeah. some podcasts out of it 
actual to... roving roving reporters. <laughs> so exciting. Um, and at the minute, I may not be able to attend because it's development week at our college. So um, you will be flying the flag. I will do. The I will Teaching do. Excellence podcast. But we're actually hoping it'll kind of pave the way for us um, attending more conferences because we go to them anyway. So yes. it's great. Um, and then doing some more um, kind of like thoughts afterwards and actually podcasting yeah. on conferences and using it as a bit of a resource for people who maybe couldn't have got there or yeah um so I, it'll only expand the conferences reach it's not about um well don't go don't attend a podcast and um, don't attend a conference just listen to our podcast that's not <laughs> it's more if you can't get there or there's a reason you know like then have no fear we yeah <laughs> podcast will be there um well no it's that it's in the it's in the spirit of trying to just get more of the messages to a wider audience um and just um keep the momentum around some of the messages and some of the presentations at at various events yeah because um you know whether someone attended the aoc conference or not when when i presented people will won't have remembered everything and and listening to this will help just you know prompt some of those thoughts again and some of that thinking so it's all in the interest of just kind of um, you know helping people to improve and and, yeah. and collaborating and and supporting the quality of, of teaching and learning across the sector is and I, I, I was going to say it's um, a bit more of a, an a, achievable um, to consolidate for us to consolidate a conference down into like a 25 minute bite size manageable <laughs> chunk for on the way to work or something but I've just looked at how long we've spent on this podcast <laughs> and realized we might have to work on the concise bit <laughs> I think um I, I don't think people will mind but um yeah as as people have worked out we can talk together so yeah. um okay um we better go and um thanks Jade that's okay could okay. do this all night but it's yeah. fine we will we will stop okay yeah, thank you, you for sharing sharing yeah. your um conference as I say I've I've seen so, so many nice things about it and I'm and I, I think it's just a really important message that you you're doing so uh, no thanks well yeah okay okay see you soon speak soon okay Bye. bye thanks for listening to the teaching excellence podcast leave us a voice message in anchor tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show tune in next week for more have an amazing week and be the best version of you